Who do you want to be apart from being an athlete? Our hope and prayer here on More Than an Athlete is to provide short, helpful, and biblical content that will equip you in becoming more like Christ and making Him known in your athletic spheres. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, athletes, you guys? I'm so excited today. You know, a topic I see out there a lot is that our identity shouldn't be in our sports. I mean, that's why I started the name of this podcast. Um, But I think today it could just be helpful to actually give handles on how to do this, how to apply it, and how to live out uh, our true identity in Christ. And that's why I'm excited for our guest today, Tyler Pike. He was drafted out of high school and and has played nine years of professional baseball. And currently he plays for the Springfield Cardinals where him and his wife Gina live in Missouri with their two kids. And I'm just appreciative of them them just taking time out of their day with their little kids to be able to talk about identity and someone who's been in the professional sports world for so long has a lot of wisdom on what identity should look like so Tyler thanks so much for being here yeah thanks for having me I'm excited to do this and uh, hopefully be able to reach some people with my story to hear your story and obviously you've been in the professional sports world for so long. Uh, What has that looked like? How did you come to know the Lord and see athletics in a different light? Yeah, so like you said, uh, nine years in affiliated baseball and then you can tack on two years of independent baseball on top of that. So 11 years um, since 2012. So it's been a long time coming. I mean, if I had to describe my career, it's been a roller coaster. It's been all over the place some highs, a lot of lows, and that's going to be part of what we dig into. But um, I wouldn't mm-hmm. trade anything. wouldn't trade a single bit of what happened, how it happened. I mean, it brought me to where I am today, uh, brought me a lot closer to Christ, brought me and took me on this walk that I'm so thankful for. And, um, you know, I'm super excited to uh, be able to share this with everybody and hopefully reach the right audience with it. And hopefully yeah. I can help somebody out with that. Hmm. Yeah, and like I said, I, I just think we talk about identity or hear about it, but I'm excited to hear more of what that has looked like for you. So kind of going off of your story, uh, how did you find your worth in Christ and not in your sport, especially doing it professionally, and um, what did that look like for you? Yeah, so growing up, I was uh, it's always been baseball. I mean, ever since I was very little, uh, I had a surgery when I was like almost two years old to take my tonsils out and, you know, instead of wanting a teddy bear or anything <laughs> with me, I wanted my baseball glove. And that's yeah. what I took in with me. It's always been baseball. It's been my first love, something I still cherish to this day more, just as much as I did as a kid. And I think that was partly because my dad, my dad played professional baseball and he kind of instilled that love in the game for me. But after a while, the, um, it kind of took over and it kind of became my identity. Mm-hmm. If I have to be honest, um, I got so wrapped up in letting my success or my failures define who I am, and I didn't realize it until about eight years ago. So professional baseball is very competitive. It's I mean, you got to be on top of your game no matter what, especially mentally too. And I would go through points in the season where it was just like I felt like I was at the bottom of that valley a lot. And I came into the 2018 season. I was I had just got baptized in 2018 in February. I felt like I was on like top of the mountain. Everything was feeling good. And selfishly inside, I was kind of thinking, okay, I just gave my life over to Christ publicly. Everything's going to be great for me. Everything's going to be awesome. I'm going to have this amazing season. Everything's going to be awesome. And I was humbled very, very quickly 
uh, at the very first game of the season in April. And I was sitting there in the stands charting our team, and one of my teammates came up and tapped me on the shoulder from the back, and he was in street clothes, which he was just in uniform not too long ago. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, hey, they need you in the clubhouse real fast. I'm like, okay, I'm not really sure what that is about. And then as I was walking to the clubhouse, uh, I met my wife, Gina, and Stetson at the time was almost two years old, two and a half maybe, one and a half. And she said, hey, I just need you to pray real fast. She had some tears coming out of her eyes. And I wasn't sure. I was like looking at him, making sure he was okay. And we went to the clubhouse and she sat me down. And she's like, hey, uh, your mom passed away, like very suddenly. And I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to tell you about that. And me, I've always been more of a daddy's boy. I mean, it's all been so close to my dad, but and my mom was just like, I never really felt that kind of emotion. And I just, I broke down. I didn't know what to do. I ran out into the um, parking lot and just like fell on my knees and I was bawling. I was mm -hmm. praying. I was like, what's going on? Like, and backtrack a little bit. Mom struggled for a long time with um, prescription drugs and they ended up being the ultimate cause of what happened. So it was a, a very weird experience in itself because being gone so much for baseball, I just never really didn't have that like close knit relationship with my mom, like my brother and my sister did. And I would go, we went home for a week for the funeral and it was pretty somber moments. Like the biggest thing that hurt me was just like seeing my brother and sister like that because my brother found her, which was not mm. ideal at all. But I never, I never really felt like a, like what I thought was like a really sincere pain from it, which kind of struck me odd. I wasn't sure why, but I kind of just held all those feelings inside for a while. I didn't really talk to anybody, didn't really want to just get it out of me, and which really being one of my downfalls. And more than anything, I just want to get back to the baseball field. I was like, all right, I want to go back. I want to get back on the mound. I want to pitch, kind of get my mind off all this. So like I said, a week later, went back into it and was okay at first, like same thing, up and downs, and then was really struggling one day, and then I had to come into the game, and I just, didn't really have a feel for the ball. I wasn't throwing it straight where I wanted to or anything, and as soon as I ran out into the field, I came into the middle of an inning to um, relieve another pitcher who was on the mound. As soon as the head coach handed me the baseball right into my glove, all the lights in the field went out. And me thinking, I was like, mm, this is great. I have to go sit in them because it's like a 20-minute delay to get the lights back on. I have to go sit into the dugout. I have to sit there for a while. And in my head, it's just like negative, negative, negative. Mm -hmm. Like, figure it out, throw it. Bad thoughts, bad thoughts. And came back out in the field, and it was just, it was bad. I couldn't throw the ball anywhere I wanted to. I was throwing it way high. I was throwing it way low. And it got to the point where, like, the opposing coach was asking me if I was okay. He thought I was hurt or something. And it was, like, a disastrous moment. And I somehow, like, it struggled really bad, but I did get through it somehow. And I just remember them taking me out of the game, and I ran up to the clubhouse. And I went into our cages that were connected to our, our uh, clubhouse. And it was just, like, tears rolling down my face. I was throwing baseballs to the net as hard as I could, just, like, unsure of what was going on. Because wow. I came to a point where, like, the one thing that I'd always been good at, the one thing I've always put my pride and joy into, I could not do. Mm. And it was, I was distraught. I didn't really know what to do with myself. 
Um, at that time, I was with the Braves, and they were really, really helpful because they knew it had a lot to do with my mom. So they put me on a reserve list and let me try to figure it out. And during that time, it was, it was still just a lot of struggles mentally and physically. And I hated going to the field every day. I, I woke up in the morning, played with Stetson, went and did stuff with the kid, Gina and the kids, or Gina and Stetson. But I just dread, I, two o'clock rolled around, I dreaded going to the field. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be around the guys. I didn't want to watch guys that had, felt like they had it all figured out, performing well. And I just, I struggled really, really bad with it. And then I came to a point probably a month left in the season where I had a, we had three or four really solid guys, solid believers on the team. And we were also doing weekly chapels with the head chaplain for the Braves. And I was sharing these struggles with them. I was like, guys, I just don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I feel like it was just a waste of my time. And they convinced me to just keep on doing it. And they prayed over me. And one day I just finally came to the point, like, I'm just going to give it up. Like, not as in the sport. I just, I'm going to give it up to God. I want, yeah. I want with like having all this burden on me. I'm done with thinking my failures are going to define who I am. My successes define who I am. And it wasn't an immediate, like, boom, there it is. But gradually over time, I was able to finally just let go and let God take over and be like, hey, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen with this baseball career, but I want you to be at the, front, the forefront of it. If I'm going to play today, great. If you want me to stop playing today, great. I just want to be where you want me to be. Mm-hmm. And as a, over time, it, I got more and more accustomed to enjoying going to the field again learning to felt like learning to throw a baseball again honestly and towards the end of the season I was back to it I was kind of feeling pretty good with it and then I took that mindset into the off season which was my free agent season so Braves didn't sign me back uh no other teams wanted me so I went and played independent ball which is professional baseball just not affiliated with a big league team and I did not want to go I was like I I got this figured out I want to be back in affiliated ball I can do this and I had to drive from Florida to Fargo, North Dakota by myself, leave. I have to leave Gina and Stetson home. And I got to around Atlanta and I was like, I'm turning around. I'm not doing it. And I was like, God, if, if you want me to turn around, like legit put like, pull the wheel southbound. I don't want to do this anymore. And, you know, kept on going. Nothing like really had that urge to do it. And, I'm extremely thankful that it didn't happen because that 2019 season was probably the most fun I've ever had playing baseball. And it was strictly because I enjoyed playing the game for what it was, just a baseball game. The same game I played when I was like five years old. And I was had a really solid guys around me, like four or five guys, strong believers, worshiping together, praying together, reading together, every, like probably three or four times a week. Wow. It was probably one of my most successful seasons at that, too, and all because I was just enjoying it. Like, I woke up, like, didn't have to go to the field till like, 1.30 or 2. I wanted to be there, like, as soon as I woke up. Like, it was something, like, nothing that I could have done on my own because I knew my flesh was so weak in that moment that it was all God turning my life around, just turning this Facebook around into where it should have been at him at the forefront and not me saying, you know, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to fail, it's, that's going to define who I am. If I'm going to succeed, mm-hmm. that's going to define who I am. And shortly after that, about last year, about a, 
14 months ago in May in 2021, the Cardinals ended up picking up my contract. And you know, I was really, really nervous. And I was like, you know, like last time I was in double A, I struggled really bad. But I was able to just like have this feeling like, you know, obviously I'm going to Springfield for a reason. It's bigger mm-hmm. than baseball and I'm not gonna be there. I'm gonna be present. I'm gonna be present with my teammates. I'm just gonna enjoy this. Yeah. And I went into my first start of the season was, or my first start with them uh, was atrocious. It was like three innings. I gave up 10 runs and I, I came off the field and I was, I sat down on the bench and I was just like, took a deep breath. And I had like, I had no sense of worry, no sense of fear of what could happen. I just, I literally told myself, I was like, all right, you'll get them next time. And Tyler four years ago would have never said that. Tyler four years ago would have been distraught, would have been pacing the dugout, couldn't sleep at night because there was something going on that I needed to fix. Well, no, it's just, you're going to have those, that's going to happen. And I know that that's where I knew I could find my worth in more than baseball. I found it in Jesus and what he did for me and knowing that, you know, bad outings are going to happen. That's part of playing a sport. You're going to lose. That's, That's what it's called. So I was able to really take that throughout the season, and I'm still taking it through every day this year and just really enjoying where I am and knowing that I'm right where I need to be no matter what. Yeah, yeah. So neat. Wow, thanks for sharing that. And I think it's so neat, too, to see the freedom almost of just the freedom in Christ and also just the freedom in baseball now. Like you can – just enjoy it more and just that shift. And so a question I have thinking about, you know, you went through those ups and downs of enjoying baseball to not enjoying it. And you noticed that you were putting your identity fully in uh, baseball and not Christ. How do you think that athletes can identify, wow, I really am trying to put all my identity in this sport, uh, even though I have a faith, how do I, how do I identify that I'm doing that? So I think, for me, I found a big way was I was anger, a very angry with failure, hmm. very angry with, you know, back to that point, like I'm, if I fail, that's going to define who I am. Like I'm letting the people down around me. I'm letting my team down, which to a point you are, but we have to realize that failure is a part of every sport you play because in a sport, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. Yeah. So. I think finding out, don't let the failure be the big thing that goes on. And then obviously thinking like success is all about you as well. Mm-hmm. I think that every good gift comes from above. I mean, if it's like that, if I'm, if I'm really talented at baseball or you're really talented at tennis, that's something God gave me. It's a gift. And I did, we didn't earn that. We didn't earn right. that gift at all. Right. So I found that. If I can just like be very even keeled to what I'm doing and not let not ride the highs of success and not ride the lows of failure, that was a big turning point for me. And also finding if you don't find joy in what you're doing anymore with the failures, then that's another big key. Like I said, I mean, I was I was to the point where it was just like, if I'm going to fail, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. Which mm-hmm. is like I said, not part of it. You got to keep on trekking through those low points to get to where you are to turn them into learning points. Another one I would say is especially for a team sports is not finding joy and happiness in your teammates victories. So I would go through points where like this guy, I see him doing really good, but I know how he lives off the field. 
Like, why is he having so much more success than I am? When I'm tr I'm reading daily, I'm praying constantly. I'm putting my, I feel like I'm putting all my worth in this. But am I really? And this guy over here, he does what he wants. He eats what he wants, all this stuff. And he's just like shooting through the reins. Like, I feel like you have to be able to be very happy for what guys are going through because everybody's yeah. on a different walk than you are. And the biggest thing is like, if I'm going to ride the lows, I better do it well so people can see like, okay, what's he doing differently that makes mm -hmm. him ride those lows so good. There's a lot of stuff in there. I mean, I think those are the main points that I was able to take away from when I was at those low points though. Mm. Yeah, it's so true what you're saying about the teammates. I think all athletes have felt that before. And it's, it's hard to kind of walk through, you know, you're wanting to be able to share the gospel and make an impact with your faith in that moment. And fighting just those desires, those earthly desires of wanting to see them fail or wanting to be better than them. But, yeah, almost that sovereignty of God that he is in control and everyone is on their own walk uh, with the Lord. So I love that point. And uh, how kind of looking at your different athletic career and the different high points and low points and seeing a difference of when you were putting Christ at the center is your identity. How have you seen it be worth it? Uh, and also just the impact of baseball and uh, your view of baseball be different. Yeah. So like I said earlier about the failure, I've seen it be worth it because now I can turn those failures. I still have to this day into learning points. Hmm. And that's huge for me because like I said, I would beat myself up so bad and be like, why are you doing this? Why did that happen? Like, you've got to be able to fix that. Now it's more like, okay, I can look back on an outing and be like, okay, here's what I did well. I still did something well. I still was able to perform. And here's what I needed to improve on. Here's what I need to like take like 90% of the success, focus on that. And you have one learning point you can really focus on like, okay, this is why I didn't do so well, but I know I can improve on with yeah. practice. And that was huge. Like I was able to be like, okay, it's not really a failure. It's just a learning point. I have to learn from this and I'll be better next time for it. And I think the biggest thing is when finding that difference is now I can know that for me, I've had a pretty long career and, you know, still haven't, I haven't made a big league debut, which most guys playing 10 years professionally probably have by now. But realizing that, like, this baseball journey is so small and, you know, I'm going to meet so many guys along the way. I've met so many guys along the way. And it's bigger than baseball. It's way bigger than baseball. And, you know, I wish it wouldn't have taken me eight years to figure that out. You know, because I look back and I feel like I wasted a lot of time with teammates and um, opposing teammates, coaches, and stuff like that. Just looking back like, man, like, that was seven years with the seasons and clubhouses that I just, I felt like I wasted. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, like I said, it's, I'm not where I used to be. So now I can have these last four years, I've been able to really push, like put an incentive on that and really push that forward into what I want to be into a better disciple. And then also it's, I found that like I, the days are no longer exhausting anymore. Like I said, I hate to go to the field in 2018. Now I enjoy it. Yeah. I show up two hours early most days now I take Stetson with me to the baseball field I let him play in the field I let him hit in the cages and you know he finds so much joy in that and so do I because that's stuff he can look back on and hopefully we can do it for a couple more years still before everything happens after baseball and just see like you know I, I was super lucky to have my dad like really 
focused on me at those points where, you know, he could have been like really locked in on what he's doing and really like putting baseball first, but he chose to put me first. And I think that, that'll go a long way with him and, you know, teaching him to enjoy the game for what it's worth now. Yeah. And having him just like find that joy and then at five years old, keep that joy when he's still playing baseball at 18 or 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's just learning to find the worth and things that, aren't focused on your sport is huge and you know obviously we're competitive we're going to do what we can to be at our best but don't take it so seriously either because at the end of the day it is just a game like whether you're a college athlete and you have a scholarship that's awesome or I'm like me a professional athlete I get paid to do it that's great but you I talked to guys before that are still in the big leagues and you know they found their success and they found themselves being at their best when they treated it what it is it's just a game Hmm. and learning how to have fun even at the lowest point so if you can learn to do that I feel like you can really just like take off in what you're doing Mm because the little things won't bother you so much and you'll really appreciate everything you've gone through to be at that point yeah and just the impact like that is not normal to the world to you know be joyful when you're not playing well and pitching Mm -hmm. well and Uh, just the impact that can have on your teammates and viewing athletics differently. And I think that's what I want athletes to hear is how much of an impact you can have on how you're treating your identity and uh, what you're finding your worth in. And, And that can be such a broad statement of what you find your identity in. But even like one game, one match, whatever it is, how are you handling that? If it was an incredible win or a really hard loss, like how are you actually handling that? So I think that's, I think that's so good. And so think about yourself getting drafted at 18, 19, and uh, what would you want to say to your 18 year old self being drafted and anything else uh, to athletes regarding identity? I would say really put in work off the field, especially mm-hmm. if you, if at that point you are a believer like the work you put in when no one's looking is much more important than the work you're putting on on the field. And that's something I wish I'd have really taken advantage of, especially that first year where I've had a really nice, a really good roommate my first professional season who got me back into the word after not being in it in a long time. And I was really developing, but like it was more like selfishly just for me kind of thing yeah. instead of like, taking that private time seriously, reading the word and knowing that like, you know, I'm here for more than baseball. So let's really dig into the guys around me. Mm-hmm. Let's dig into coaches. Let's dig into player personnel, bat boys, anything like that. So I think really like putting in the work when nobody's looking and then finding your foundation in Christ as soon as you can. I think it's very easy for say a high school guy who's just committed to a college or um, somebody who's just getting to the professional ranks of sports to be, oh, you know, I, I'm 18, I'm 20, I got time to do that. Like, no, like, you'd be surprised how fast life can come at you mm-hmm. and how quickly God will be there to humble you, which is exactly what I went through in 2018. Like I said, I was like, just baptized, going to take off. And then he had a a very strong way of humbling me if yeah. I had to say anything about that. So really take advantage of that, like knowing that I'm going to really put in the work for my foundation now because I know that 
this earth, the earthly things around me are fleeting. The world is evil and like hardships are going to come. So let me have a strong foundation now. So when they do come, I will be prepared for them. Mm. And then the biggest thing, my biggest regret, like I said, from those seven or eight years was not really fully just getting into my teammates and really locking in those tough conversations and, you know, a, cl a baseball clubhouse is a very raunchy place, and there's a lot of things I hear daily that, like, man, I hope Stetson never hears that, or, you know, I hope Collins never, like, has a guy talk to her that way or talk about mm. her that way. It's, it's, it's some pretty gross stuff, honestly, and I wish I wouldn't have held my tongue so much. I still wish I wouldn't hold my tongue today in those certain situations because... I struggled when I first got back into it and I was really trying to put my, make this my, my baseball field, my clubhouse, my um, platform yeah. and make it my mission field. I struggled with like really wanting to like have these conversations with guys, but at the same time, I didn't want to ruin friendships. I didn't want to rub them the wrong way. And I sat down with my pastor back home in the off season and I was telling him like these concerns, like how I feel about it. And he looked at me and he said, you know, I heard this one time and I think this is perfect for you. He said, I heard a guy say that when he was about the same situation, like trying to get across to people who you don't want to hurt their feelings or ruin a friendship. He's like, it sounds like you care about their friendship with you more than their eternity. Mm. And I mean, that just like struck me like a knife in my heart. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, that's like, good. It's, that's super powerful because there's guys in the clubhouse that I'm in right now, there could be people you come across with what you were doing when same tennis teammates, anything like that. Like you could be the only chance they get to hear about Christ. Yeah. And if you don't say anything, I mean, that could be their eternity. Mm. And I look back at the seven years I kind of wasted, I felt like, and I'm like, man, like, I pray that, like, I hope somebody else comes along in their life that can just share some good news with them, just plant that seed for them and pray that God waters it. Yeah. And now I really try to be intentional with that time, and I feel a lot at it. I mean, it's very easy to get caught up in that clubhouse lifestyle, the clubhouse talk, and it's a constant reminder. You have to remind yourself to be just be on guard with it. And... You know, I think the biggest thing, even if you don't, like if you're a very soft-spoken person like I used to be, like let your actions speak. Like the way you go about your success, the way you go about your failure, the way you go about each and every day, the way you treat people can go a long way. And, you know, there was points where I would struggle with it, thinking about it. And then one day I had a teammate who um, I think he got picked up by another team. And I texted him and said, hey, man, like, super happy for you i wish you the best and he uh he messaged me back he said dude i'm so thankful i met you like the moment i met you and the moment i started talking to you and i watched the way you went about your business i knew something was different about you and it was very very awesome to meet you and just be around you and wow. he was a believer in itself but still that like it's still like okay maybe i am doing something right maybe guys are seeing me differently so i think definitely treat the way you go about your business and when you get those chances to speak up i think they can go a long way yeah 
So good. It reminds me of First uh, John 3.18, which says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. And even thinking about the men that were around you, the teammates that were building you up, Uh, years ago and now how you get to do the same today with your actions and obviously being able to share the gospel and be clear of why why you are different in the clubhouse or on the field or how you handle identity so I think that's so great to just think about the impact we could have of standing out and not being of the world and finding Mm -hmm. your true identity in Christ and uh, thinking about obviously with this topic it really pertains to being more than an athlete and so uh, what would you say it means to you to be more than an athlete I would say kind of hit uh, going off what I just said is using your sport as and the platform you have as your mission field mm-hmm. so I mean especially with the way college athletics are now and professional athletics as itself and then social media especially like everybody has it like it's a really good opportunity to use that as your platform and be able to be different and show people that, hey, like, yeah, I'm a D1 tennis player or I'm a D2 baseball player or whatever it may be. I'm a professional baseball player, but I put my identity in Christ no matter where I'm at. Yeah. And knowing that the work you do on the field and off the field is for the kingdom and has an, uh, eternal aspects to it is huge. And that, I think that's the main thing just – yeah, you play a sport, but the sport is earthly. Like, the work you're doing for Jesus and the kingdom is eternal. So keep your mind on that no matter what. And then to know that your talents are, you have the talents you have to be where you are, and you're around the people you are today for a reason. Yeah. So, I mean, I listened to uh, the podcast a couple of days ago with the volleyball player from Miami, and I really like the point she was talking about, just be where your feet are planted. Yeah. Very, very important. Like, especially in the sports industry, you always want more. You want, you want to be that starter. You want to move up in the ranks. You want to do all these things. But I could easily just sit here and be like, you know, I'm just in Springfield just to be here. I can't wait to get out of here. But instead, I'm choosing like, hey, I'm right where I need to be. God has me where He wants me to be for a reason. So I'm going to make the most of the day where I am. Yeah. I'm going to work hard, I'm going to do what I can, I'm going to really instill and get poor into these guys when I get a chance to, when those questions pop up, when things pop up, like let me learn to say something instead of just being focused on where you want to be, be in the now. Mm. Yeah, so good. And and it makes me grateful too just for the people that come along and share these things with us of what is worth it no matter where you are in your athletic sphere and just the impact you can have and I also just noticed how much of a freedom there is even hearing you talk and hearing your story and hearing your heart behind why you're still in baseball is one really rare but also just such an encouragement so Tyler I appreciate you being on here and I'm just grateful that you're still in the athletic world to be that light for your teammates and those around you and to share Jesus with uh, the people that you're near and and just thinking of the impact that that can have. So, Tyler, we appreciate you being on here and just so grateful for your obedience and what God will continue to do. I appreciate it. I thank you for having me on. It was awesome. All right, athletes, I hope you have a great rest of your week. 
Hey, we want to thank you for listening. Did you know that you could help More Than An Athlete by rating, reviewing, and subscribing? Follow us on Instagram at More Than An Athlete. And the more that you do this, the more athletes can tune in and find the content. We hope you found this week's episode helpful and encouraging.